Hey, it's Jeremy Kirkland, and you're listening to Blamo. If you're new here, this is a podcast exploring the world of fashion with the people who shape it. We are nearing the end of season 10, but this week's episode is one of my faves. Actor and comedian Heidi Gardner. Well, first off, I've always been a huge fan of Saturday Night Live and have loved every second of Heidi's meteoric rise. From her boxer's girlfriend character to the teen film critic, to John Michael Wozniak from The Last Dance, you name it, she's crushed it. But let's be real, something I've loved even more is how wild and loud her style is. Heidi and I talk about growing up in Kansas City, joining the Groundlings, LA vs. New York City style, digging for vintage on Etsy, making clothes with puffy paint, and getting fits off. It's a pod for the ages. Here we go. Thank you for making the time to, of to make this work. Where where are you right now? Are you in New York? I'm in New York, yeah. Okay. Man, you got a cool place with cool art. Thank, oh, thank you. <laughs> have you been conscious, like, as an aside, have you been conscious about, like, what your background is in, like, the Zoom era? <sighs> Not really. Although I will say that I used to have a big painting back there because it's... Not that it's a big wall, but it was kind of just a a big for a New York apartment wall. Um, and I had a very loud painting and it made me hate it. Like, Ooh. so I got rid of that. I was like, I think I just need a kind of simple framed prints. Because we, and I think at one point, did you do SNL from your house? I did, but it was in a different apartment. I've moved since then. Oh, but, but I okay. definitely did SNL from home. That's, <laughs> you got to be one of the only people in history other than the other cast that's yeah. had to do a show from home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jeez Louise. Psycho. <laughs> anyway, I definitely want to talk about you, your podcast, but more importantly, like clothes and like fashion. It's been interesting to see, and I don't know if this is true or not, but like from a lot of people that know you, they know you just from the show, right? Mm-hmm. But like your your like your fashion has been like getting like louder and louder and like maybe more yourself. But I'm I'm kind of curious about like how you started to get into clothes. Sure. Yeah, you know, I think I was always as a kid into clothes cuz I I had a very fashionable free mom in the 80s that I could like watch her get ready and also play dress up in her closet and just aspire to be. So I know that Cuz you're I in was, Kansas City, right? Yeah, in Kansas City. So I know I was always like intrigued by clothes and intrigued by her closet uh, and her friends. She used to have this uh, girl group. They were called Girls Night Out. Let's have fun club. And they would like go out on the town. Like I just found this old picture of them with like, you know, sunglasses. All of them had on sunglasses at night, you know, big blazers. They just looked fabulous. But they would also do these instead of Tupperware parties, they would do lingerie parties where like a lingerie saleswoman would come to the house with like a rack of lingerie. (laughs) And my parents were divorced. And so when I was with my mom, like I got drug along to everything. So I was drug along to these lingerie parties and I would watch these like runway of like fabulous 80s women in like long negligee gowns and ostrich feather shoes and everything. So that's all to say when I was little, clothes were like, oh my gosh. Um, and and then when I was a teenager, I really got into I was I was super um maybe it was like when Smashing Pumpkins got big in like the 1979 video or Did something. Did you have a zero shirt? 
I okay, so I did not have a zero shirt, but I was at the concert and like okay. wanted the zero shirt and like did not have the money to buy the zero shirt. And I have sent I've been on Etsy in the last few years looking for a zero shirt. By Those the way. shirts are like seven hundred dollars. I know. <laughs> I know. And in my opinion, like fully worth it, but I can't just I can't pull the trigger. But I yeah, I, I know the zero shirt. Um so that's all to say though, there was something about that time and my older brother and his friend Casey, this girl, where it was like I don't know, the 70s were like kind of coming back. Just bell bottoms were big again. Yeah. And Jinkos. Yes. Yeah. And so I learned a little bit about vintage during that time, which was basically just that I could go to thrift stores and find cool vintage t-shirts. So got into that. But I will say that when I moved to LA, um, I feel like my fashion just like hit a wall of I would have never said this at the time in LA because I wasn't aware of it. But I think I think there's like the East Side and the West Side. I was always like an East Sider. And I think I was trying to conform to what I thought that was, which while I was there was kind of like minimalist, like Echo Park, um, mm-hmm. you know, and which is like a very cool look. And I like that a lot. And I definitely wasn't West Hollywood. Um, and so I think I was just trying to to fit in there. And I was really scared of things like, not that I even wear hats now, but I feel like when you're in LA and you wear a hat, like someone's like, Oh, you're wearing a hat. Like they're very, (laughs) or like, Oh, that's a bright color. You know, like you're always called out for things. And so I think I was like perpetually insecure there. I think I would take some risks for sure, but I was always just like ready for the comment. Like, what's it going to be? What's someone going to say? I mean, I remember I wore a bandana around my neck one time and like a friend of a dear friend. I love her. Yeah. But she was like, are you a golden retriever? And I was like, see, this is why I can't do this stuff. Like, it's too scary here. Um, L.A. Here's the thing. The, the, the good response to all this is L.A. fashion is, is in my opinion, trash. Like, there's, <laughs> there's, no, there's no strong identity. It's, it's so, like, always going with the flow, following whatever celebrity or whatever someone wore at the time versus, yeah. you know, in New York, I mean, I'm biased, but, like, you have people that are unknown that are fashion icons. And I don't yes. feel like you have that as much, you know, and maybe it's because everyone's in their cars and all separated in their homes. Right. But like, I don't know what, but shame on your friend for saying golden retriever. Bandana around the neck is a very good vibe. by the way. <laughs> and I do feel, I mean, I, I, I feel like I was be also, I wasn't pulling it off because I was insecure about the choice, but yeah, no, I feel like in LA, you can walk down the street and be like, Oh my God, there's all these like, beautiful people but you might not be like oh there's all these like really cool people like we're just like I can just get a whiff that they're cool of seeing someone in New York I was walking home last night and decided to like walk from Midtown to the West Village and like just see yeah (laughs) just the (laughs) amount of people that I saw that I was like and literally my head thought like they're so cool they're so cool what you know like what's their (laughs) deal they're so cool was just like I never really had that experience in LA so that's all to say once I got to New York um and I met my friend Shay who's also my stylist she helped me I think unlock what was always there and what was like feeling deprived and then also the city and how much the city does not care um (laughs) And isn't like concerned about my hat or my bright color, I think really made me feel like I can do whatever, like I feel like, and we'll see how it goes. Well, but it's interesting too, because they're like to jump back when, because I think we're, we're close to the same age 
and that like punk music or alternative, I'm air quoting, was kind of like, I think that influence, because I grew up in St. Louis. Oh, okay, um, cool. Yeah. And so like for me, it was going to like Point Fest and it was seeing uh, like the boss, like the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones mm-hmm. and Incubus and all of that stuff. And it's funny to see that stuff come back now. But I feel like everyone, at least like Midwest kids, when you're trying to figure out like your identity, most of it falls into clothes or sports, you know? And so it's like, you're either a sport kid or um, like, did you ever get in? Was like, how much did music shape it outside of the pumpkins? Like what other stuff were you listening to? Oh my gosh. I, I mean, I feel like I was pretty all over the place. I mean, at that time... Yeah, I mean, I was definitely into grunge. I was very into Hole. Um, Oddly enough, I remember my friend and I, this is polar opposite, but my friend Ashley and I in seventh grade got super into U2, but we (laughs) went to a U2 concert, basically dressed like Courtney Love at the time, like a slip dress, like kind of goth makeup, like frazzled hair. And it was at a U2 concert. And I remember, like, there were so many, like, middle-aged or probably 30-year-olds at the concert that were just sure. like, I don't get your girl's vibe. Like, pick a lane. Like, and they were kind of just like, we don't want you. This is not you, too. Like, go go to a garbage show or, so, you know, like, Smashing Pumpkins, oh, like I said. Good taste, too. Garbage, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he was loved garbage. But then garbage would open a lot for you, too. Um, You're right. They yeah. did. That's crazy because like Butch Vig was the drummer of Garbage who basically made all the greatest like alternative albums at that time. Yeah. One time in LA, I saw Butch Vig at a coffee bean and it was like, I feel like I would kind of get starstruck when I would see like actors or actresses. But when I saw Butch Vig, I, I was like, in stunned silence because I think so many of my favorite songs or just the band garbage I was like he's responsible did you go up to no why not (laughs) because I mean I was that one was like really stunned silence it's the same with like I've gotten a little better but like it's the same with athletes for me it's like there's something about like I just feel like I could never be an athlete like professional athlete or like a professional musician so those ones to me are like untouchable like i i just can't they seem like superheroes did it sink in that you're a celebrity now though absolutely not (laughs) i really can't um i think i wish that i could think of myself in that way i don't know if it might i don't know bring some sort of good things to my world i don't or a confidence but i just can't do it Mm. well i mean i think maybe it's (laughs) because you you're from the midwest yeah serious uh, what Paul Rudd, Sudeikis, they're all from KC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you'd moved to LA at when? Because you were in LA for how long? Ten years? A little over ten years. I think it was maybe like eleven or twelve years. But I moved in the two thousands. Are so hard for me to remember. Yeah, years. it's all blur. It's so blurry. It's just not as easy as nineteen ninety something. But um, I think it was two thousand four that I okay. moved there. Yeah. Which, and you moved there to work to do hair. Yeah, I, I moved out there because I was just kind of like, I'm going to do hair or makeup on in the movies or costuming or whatever I could find like in that arena. Yeah. And and obviously you were doing that for a while and then started what, what brought you to improv classes? Because that's kind of like where you started popping, right? 
Yeah, I made a friend who was in the Groundlings, and she was like, you should come. And I'd heard of the Groundlings, because also, I mean, grew up not only obsessed with music, but like SNL, pop culture, movies, TV, everything. Every square inch of my childhood or teenage bedroom was like a picture from Entertainment Weekly or an Oscar ad or Variety, whatever. Did you read Teen Beat? I didn't really. I mean, I read Teen Beat. Like, like JTT? So I was like never into JTT. But I did read Teen Beat, like, New Kids on the Block times, or... But um, for some reason, like, JTT, Andrew Keegan, Devin Saw, like, did not do it for me. Wow. Okay. (laughs) Go ahead. I think they were, like, too much of pretty boys or something. I don't know if I... I might not have been Mm. into the long hair at the time. I don't know why. I think, yeah, yeah, they all had long Kurt Cobain hair with undercuts. Yes. That was the... Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Um, So... Always obsessed with that. So I had heard of the Groundlings. So I made this friend. She's in the Groundlings. um, And it's like, you should come see a show tonight. So I go to the improv show. Her and her boyfriend were in it. They were both Groundlings. And I was like, oh, my God, that's the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. Um, And But my first thought was just, um, oh, this is so cool. Now I have something that when, like, someone's visiting L.A., I can take them to and be like, isn't this like amazing you'd never see this in missouri you know yeah yeah and then my friend rachel was like well if you thought the improv show was fun you should come on saturday night we're doing like a sketch show and it's like kind of a mini snl it's like almost two hours long a bunch of sketches and so i was like okay definitely i'll come to that and then i saw that and i was like well that's the funniest thing i've ever seen and also melissa mccarthy was still in the groundlings at that time Oh, shit. This is like six months before Bridesmaids. And she was just a phenom. It was like, why isn't this woman the biggest celebrity in the world? And then Bridesmaids came out and she was. Um, So it's all to say, I was just kind of blown away, but I didn't know what to do with my blown awayness other than be blown away. And my friend Rachel was like, you should take a class. And I was just like. (laughs) Typical improv kid. They're all like, (laughs) come take a class. Yeah, I know. Some (laughs) sort of cult. Um. And, and I was like, what do you mean? And she was like, at that time, she was like, you always leave me these like four minute voicemails, like in character as someone, like they're very funny. I think you would be good at improv. And, and I was like, okay, but I've never acted all to say, like, I got up the guts to take the class. I had a few other people, including my older brother be like, I've been waiting for you our whole lives to take like a comedy class, go do it. And he also paid for the class. Um, Hey. There yeah. you go. <laughs> and so, uh, so yeah, that's kind of how it, how it all started. And you were in Groundlings for how long? I was in Groundlings for, uh, well, I probably took classes from like 2010 to, I got into the Sunday company in 2015. Um, mm-hmm. Or no, maybe I, or maybe I got, in, no, I got into the Sunday company maybe in 2014. I, became a groundling in 2015 and then that's quick yeah and and you know you have there's sometimes where you have like long wait periods in between classes at groundling so like i'd go do a class at ucb or like some other improv theater in la or a sketch class just to like do something (laughs) and there there was no point to kind of in the sense like this wasn't like oh i'm doing this so i can be an actress or actor whatever yeah in the beginning, it was kind of cool. I love this, and I wish that I could get back to this in my life now because the stakes would just be lower. Like, 
I was, and it sounds cheesy, but I was genuinely just following my bliss. I was taking the Zimbrov classes that were fun. There was a part of me that was like coming out that like had always been there. Like I remember improvising with like my best friend in our college dorm room. Like I would do full on bits like, and she would just play along with me. And I didn't know what I was doing. It was never like, she was like, okay, enough with the improv. But, um, and so I would have people in my life that just would play along with me. So it's all to say, once I started taking classes, I'm like, oh, I get to be this character. I do this voice. And this is so cool. But I didn't understand the levels of Groundlings. I didn't know that there was a Sunday company. I knew that I had made that friend who was a Groundling. But I just thought she got deemed a Groundling. Like, <laughs> I didn't understand. Right. Yeah. So it was pretty cool. Later on, I figured out how it all worked. And then I was like, oh, I want that. I want to be in Sunday Company. I want to be a ground lean. And suddenly the stakes are high and the pressure's on. But in the beginning, it really was just like, oh, this is fun. It's making me less shy. I like it. Were you like, because, you know, I have a, tons of friends that are in the improv scene. And a few of them have taken it really serious in the sense that they're like building their character on stage and off stage. And a lot of it is through clothes. Like a, yeah. a friend of mine is like, hey, like I'm doing this thing like, I need my, I need, I'm laughing. He's like, I need my, like my off, my off stage, like, look, like, what, what is my look? Were you thinking oh. about any of that stuff? Like, or were you just like, what the hell? Like, I'm, I mean, I, I definitely wasn't necessarily thinking about my off stage look, but when I was making a character, like for a sketch, like absolutely like the wig and the clothes and the sourcing of the clothes for certain characters was a huge deal to me. Like, I mean, I even remember when I got SNL, there's two wigs that I had from Groundlings that are just like my favorite wigs. And I, they were the only two that I packed with me to take to New York. Cause I was like, just in case like SNL can't do this one. <laughs> like they, <laughs> and like, these are the most talented hairstylists in the world and wig artists. And these wigs are like pretty basic. I mean, one of them is basically just like Jim Carrey bowl cut and Dumb and Dumber, but I, like, <laughs> But there's something about when I put that one on and this other one about the way I feel as the character that I'm just like, um, so clothes and hair can be so transportive and make me feel so much, obviously, like a different person that I feel way more confident to perform. Yeah, I mean, that was, it's crazy seeing how much, I mean, it, it sounds stupid now, but like seeing how much that really changes, not only how everyone else perceives you, but more importantly, how you perceive yourself Mm -hmm. when you know, like, I mean, when I would dress people for red carpet tours or whatever, and most of the time, like when I'd meet up with them, it was like jeans and a t-shirt. And then yeah. we'd be like, oh, look, here's a suit for this. Here's an, a look for this. And like, you'd see how, I mean, it helps to have 10,000 cameras flashing at you to kind of like remind you that you're, there's a reason that you need to be there, but you'd see how that just changes how yeah. they feel about themselves in that whole situation. Totally. Um, were you getting all your vintage from the Midwest? It's funny because I I was getting some of it from the Midwest. I mean, I mean, some of my favorite things are things that affordable like, vintage. I'll, yes, I'll be exactly. clear. Excuse me. Sorry. I know. I mean, <laughs> like, yeah, LA is basically impossible for vintage. I mean, people sometimes still ask me, like, I mean, you were in LA. What were your favorite vintage spots? And I'm like, impossible. It was too expensive, especially yeah. on a budget of like, I spend all my money on wigs and clothes for like half-ass sketches um <laughs> so i mean i did find my best ever uh piece of clothing at an out of the closet when i in atwater village when i was shopping for a costume and it's just an old touchstone pictures sweatshirt from like the 80s and it's 
my favorite thing ever. And it might as well, it's like my Smashing Pumpkins Zero shirt. I'm like, I keep on like searching for it on Etsy because I'm like, this thing is going to be $700. And like, I mean, I can't find another one. So I'm like, oh, it is pretty rare. Um, but yeah, I barely found found good vintage in LA. I've got a store here that I love, La Grand Strip. It's in Brooklyn. That's like really fun and girly. It makes me feel like being in my mom's closet. Um, Did you go to Stella Dallas? That's a good spot. No. Where's that? Williamsburg. Okay. That is one of the best affordable vintage in the city that I think is for men and women. Otherwise, you have like Crowley Vintage, which is Sean Crowley. He's in Dumbo. He's been on the pod and he he was a huge, he ran all of Ralph Lauren's ties and accessories for a long time. Wow. And a lot of his stuff is kind of, it's almost period-like. Uh, yeah. Like there's a good portion of the Marvelous Miss Maisel show that's all Crowley stuff. Okay. I just I had mean, a friend yeah. at work uh, my friend Jeff Blake, he just bought like a 1920 suit in Dumbo, and I'm guessing it's probably, gotta be. It's gay. Yeah, it's yeah. gotta be from Sean. Yeah, yeah. So he's got stuff. Then a buddy of mine, there's Front, Front General, which is pretty yeah. good vintage. So, and really then um, my friend Brian Davis, who was in Red Hook and now he's in Yonkers area, and his stuff is, is more menswear, but it's kind of like Americana classic. And it's, there's not a, it's not like you're going to see 10,000 pairs of jeans, mm-hmm. but you will see like, here's, here's the right sizes and the right ones that yes. don't have holes in the wrong places. But you know, you're still, you're paying for it. It's not. Yeah. Um, well, but if you're in the Midwest, it's cheap. It's cheap. <laughs> People don't totally know what they have and they're ready to get rid of it. And uh, lucky for us, they've hung on to it a long time and they're finally just like, oh, I don't want this. Yeah, I always go back to the River Market Antique Mall in the downtown Kansas City. Good um, job. Yeah, and they and they also have like really good, just like Kansas City specific uh, vintage, like our old racetrack, the Greyhounds. Like I found like a really cool like tote, not a tote bag, but a gym bag from there. That's like I didn't buy it. I should. I'm acting like it's mine. <laughs> Because <laughs> I can't stop thinking about it. You could have totally lied and no one would have ever been any wiser. But go I ahead. <laughs> um, but no, you know, it was like with New York, I love that like a store like Front Street General, there's like a lot of stuff. It's like impeccably curated. So you just know that basically everything you look at is going to be cool. So that feels good. You're not like just sorting through stuff. Um, and then I do feel like, yes. Sometimes the Levi's, the jeans, like, can get up there in price. But it is nowhere compared to what it was in L.A. I remember when, like, your Heather Gray, like, Raglan sweatshirt in L.A. a few years ago was going for, like, $300. And, like, Mm -hmm. I never went that far. But I feel like I was conned into, like, maybe a $200 white sweatshirt. And I... I'm pissed about it. And everyone was getting <laughs> everyone was getting away with it because I know so many women that were buying them too. And it was like, well, this is the only option. I have to pay this. And like this, these are the sweatshirts. And I'm just like, I'm was so Was it like mad. champion or something? I it mean, was like just any sweatshirt I that owe you? felt good. It was definitely a lot of champion, but it was like anyone that felt kind of soft. And especially that Heather Gray color was just like, everyone Damn. was getting it. Interesting. And they could charge that. So I guess I don't blame them, but it still makes me a little sick. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there was uh, there's a few vintage shops around here that I've gone to, especially with furniture, because 
you know, my wife and I, we went from living in a super tiny apartment in Fort Greene uh, to like a little bit bigger place in Bay Ridge. Then we had lockdown. Then we moved here and we're like, oh, we have a house. And it's like, it's not huge, but we, you know, we're like, I have an office now and there's space. And so we started getting furniture and we started going through like estate sales and people, you know, like I bought like a bunch of Bertoya chairs for like a hundred bucks each. And it's, yeah, it, it's just, it's crazy. Yeah. I have a friend who she's got an online vintage called Dry Vintage and um, on Instagram. And she does like great curated vintage. But she also works for a place where she had to go to a bunch of estate sales. And she moved from L.A. to Ohio. And she's finding the best shit ever in Ohio. And so she also is she does story sales like every week and it's affordable. And every so often there is a piece that is so special, like and she has to like really charge for it. But like but she can be reasonable because she lives in Ohio. Yeah. (laughs) So we all benefit. (laughs) from Um, You've said in the past that like you you like feeling that you're from a different time when you get yeah. dressed. Yeah. So how much of that affects like when you put together like what you're wearing on a day to day basis? Um, I would almost say that when I'm uh, definitely at work, I like to do that a little bit more now because I kind of find uh, recently that it's it's more simple and easy to wear uh, just like a nice pair of jeans or slacks, trousers, whatever, with um, maybe a a blouse, a button down that like is all kind of monochromatic. Like it makes me feel very like it it just ends up looking kind of 70s or something and easy. And I just wear the same pair of white vintage boots every day. Um, And that's basically only because like, you know, I, I will watch clips of like Linda Gray from Dallas, like at her home in the seventies doing an interview about, yes, <laughs> the best show. <laughs> um, and I, you know, I saw her wear like brown on brown or burgundy on brown with like a brown, um, puffer vest over it. And I was like, she just looks effortless and it's not, she looks so good. And it's just like cords and like a button down blouse that I know that not, not that like, it is nice, but it's like, it's not silk. And, um, and just that puffer vest and like, she doesn't even have gold chains on, which I feel like everyone is like, which I do too, accessorizing with, she's just like bare chested and simple and like, and it looks so good and clean. So I do that a lot for work and I've, I feel like fresh, but like of another time, or I was watching, I didn't watch house of Gucci, but I watched the dateline about it. (laughs) Uh, you you got the story. <laughs> yes. Um, and there was like an 80s picture of him where he just had like a white button down Oxford with like um, blue, just blue straight leg jeans and like a black belt with um, black and gold belt. And I mean, he had on like, you know, the kind of aviator just glasses. I don't have those, but just like the yellow with the blue and the black. It just looked so good and clean. And like, I recreated that outfit recently and I walked into work and someone was like, you just have the freshest style. And I, I was surprised. I, I really was like, oh my God, you're so nice. Thank you. I do that too much to like deflect compliments. But I was like, <laughs> I was like, I love that you yeah. think that is so fresh when I've basically just stolen it from like 35 years ago. Granted, I stole it from Gucci, but, but it's just an old look, but it's timeless. And 
And so I like that. And I just feel like it kind of stands out because right now it just feels clean. Yeah. I mean, that that's where I think I, me and tons of other people really miss Tumblr. Like, you know, you, you had Tumblr way back in the, or I can't believe I said way back, but like in the <laughs> early aughts. Yeah. And that was just like some of the best inspiration boards. And at least at the time, it felt like the people that I was looking at, uh, and this is, you know, a buddy of mine like called this like the hashtag like menswear era in which it was guys that were getting into suits, but it was pe- people that were wearing suits that never needed to wear suits. But the inspiration of the suits were always based around, um, you know, like people got like really into Steve McQueen and yeah. um, uh, I don't know, like Cary Grant, really basic things. Actually, the, funny enough, the sweater I'm wearing is this yellow sweater. It's a Cuccinelli sweater that they were trying to copy the um, yellow sweatshirt that Steve McQueen wore in The Great Escape. Wow. Like the, and like every... Yeah. I mean, what you're talking about is literally what every single company is trying to do. Yeah. The funny thing is, you're not really trying to copy uh, a look as much as you're trying to copy people, yes. at least for me. And like, I've tried to do that before, too, where you're like, oh, I'm going to go wear what Steve McQueen wore, but I'm yes. not jacked with cool hair yeah. and, you know, <laughs> yeah. like boxing. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I want to copy the look, but I want to keep my hairstyle. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I, sometimes I wonder, this is like my existential crisis because every so often I'm like, do I kind of wish I was born in a different time period? I'm not sure. Here it comes. Um, Here it comes. (laughs) But like, do you think when people were, cause I I do think that style in like the seventies, I mean, basically any other era than like the nineties and aughts now, but I feel like style was to me, from what I can tell from old footage, um, was more cohesive. And so, like, I wonder, like, in the 70s, like, say at the height of disco, like, would you just look around the streets and, like, realize, like, like, did everyone look sharp? And, like, is there any way when that's happening in the time you live in to really realize it? Because Cause, so I yearn for that so much because I idealize it and I think like that's what was going on and that everyone could tell how cool the look was. And like when you look back at like what Times Square looked like in the 70s and even though it was like filthy and dangerous, like it's not. Yeah, a, I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm like, did people, were people like, fuck yeah, this is so cool. So then I try to do that now because I'm like, I cannot yearn too much to be in the past. So I try to like walk the streets. I mean, I guess that walk I had last night where I was like, oh, that person's cool and that person's cool. Were you listening to music? I was. Yes. Okay. So that, that's got that's got it. Okay. Um, <laughs> that definitely did. Um, but it was like more current music, surprisingly. Um, okay. But I just couldn't. I couldn't totally get the vibe that like everything is a vibe. I just feel like back then everything was a vibe, and I'm just jealous. Well, jealous. Uh, this is like gets into history stuff because now as we all have evolved thanks to the internet, it's great you can find everything that you're looking for, more or yes. less. But there's like little pockets and because of the internet, we've been more insular in those pockets, right? So it's like all my friends and I that we hang out with, especially that we're older, we all like the same things. We're, we're not, you know, and so like everyone kind of prefers to be in a bubble, yeah. right? And so you have, you have, uh, Rick Owens style fashion. You have Italian sort of classic menswear fashion. You have uh, athleisure fashion now. You have um, people that like 
almost like cosplay fashion where it's like dudes that dress, you know, like uh, Michael Har, the barber who basically only wears things from that look like they're from Boardwalk Empire, like yeah. all of that stuff. And it all exists at the same time. You didn't really have that as much because you didn't have the access to it back then. Right. You couldn't you couldn't like romanticize certain periods and do it. Everyone kind of looked the same. You didn't have as many places to buy clothes. You yeah. had less options. And so like that's kind of how that happened. Yeah. Um, which I don't know if that's good or bad. I know. Because someone I, would say, well, I couldn't express myself. I couldn't wear, I had to wear this and you might have thought I looked cool, but I couldn't wear Machino, like, you know, yeah. Heidi Gardner or whatever, you know, so it's mm-hmm. like, that's, I that's don't know. true. That's true. Pros and cons. I did see I a couple walking down the street. It was in New York. I think I was in New York. I had to have been, but uh, a couple months ago that was like, they looked like they were straight out of Boardwalk Empire. But the in the most specific way I'd ever seen in my life, because I also felt like their faces looked from the 1920s. Like, because sometimes I look back at old faces and I'm like, I don't see those faces anymore. So these people, <laughs> I mean, they might have been ghosts, but I really was oh, wow. like, um, they were just the most like period people I'd ever seen in my life. And I was like, I also think it was like, it was early December. So it was like New York Christmas time. And I was like, God, I want to know what your your night is like. And I want to know if you are also accessing the, like that time period as you're walking down the street, like whatever you get to eat tonight, like is it all that period or is it just the clothes and the look? Or are you leaning in like so hard? Um, if it was like Rose Callahan, uh, I w- after we're done, I'll send you a bunch of like people that you should check out on Instagram. Because okay. like Rose Callahan, who's also been on the pod, she's an amazing photographer, but she, her and her husband have a very 1930s look at okay. all times okay. in their home, outside of their home at all times. They live in that era. Um, wow. Yeah. I mean, they're awesome. They're great people. Yeah. But like that's their, that's what they do. Yeah. I, I love it. Yeah. I think it's, I love it's, it. it's bizarre. <laughs> anyway, I want to be conscious of your time. Uh, there's, there's a few other like goofy questions here that we'll yeah. go through. If you were making a YouTube how-to video, what would the subject be? I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is how to puffy paint a sweatshirt or a jacket or, um, yeah, mostly sweatshirt or a jacket. I feel like I'm really good with puffy paint. Um, and I, and I really enjoy it every so often. I'll just think of something like I always look for things that I want to wear on Etsy. Like I'll suddenly like have an idea of like, Oh, I, I I want something Roger Rabbit now, you know, and I'll see if there's any sort of good old jacket or something. And sometimes I find it, but then I'll be like, okay, I want like Babs Bunny from Tiny Toons and I can't find anything of hers. So then I'm like, okay, I'm going to draw it on a jacket and then I'm going to puffy paint it. And I've gotten really good at puffy paint or like I'm a big Kansas City Chiefs fan and it's like, can't quite find the right sweatshirt I want. So I'm going to puffy paint it, which isn't that hard, but I could do a how-to at this point. That's incredible. Yeah. Wait, uh, you should make and sell this stuff. I know. I mean, I, it's not like you yeah. don't have time. <laughs> no, but it is such a good creative outlet. And I always say, like, there's a few things like that that I like to do. I also, a few years ago, bought all these just, like, vintage turtlenecks that just looked good. And I just took, like... Cotton? Yeah. Hell yeah. White iron-on transfer letters and just wrote, like, LeBron, Kobe, just any Shaq, any basketball player. And it was like a way to wear a jersey, but 
not wear a jersey, basically. And and just any sort of like DIY little if I can't find it, then I can just make it in like a different way. That's really cool. Yeah. So I would love to do a pop-up one day of all just that sort of shit. Um, last movie you saw. Oh, I just rewatched uh Whiplash. Oh, that's out yeah. of left field. It was really out of left field. Um I wanted to watch. Okay, so this is very weird. I I watched the whole thing, but I really wanted to watch the last scene, um, just where like Neiman goes ape on the drums, and yeah. um, it's so weird because then I like posted it on my stories yesterday, and my brother, who's like, you know, we grew up movie heads together, uh, he was like, "This is insane." He was like, "I just rewatched that scene yesterday, like the one that I posted." So I don't know why Whiplash. It's like in mine and my family's life right now, but something with Lashian is 2020, I guess. Yeah. Um, you've worked with a bunch of different folks on SNL over the mm-hmm. years. You're on your sixth season or fifth season? Fifth right season. Now? Yeah. Okay. Has there been anyone that you've ever worked with that caused you to revisit works that they had made prior and take a different look at? Oh, wow. That's a good question. Um, well, you know, what was really fun. Uh, was the season premiere this year was Owen Wilson. And I mean, one of my biggest comedy heroes and writing heroes ever. And I feel like, I mean, every week at the show is fun and inspiring for so many different reasons. But like, when it's one of your heroes, you like really want to come correct and like write them something good. Um, so yeah, I I went back and I just watched a lot of his movies or clips from his movies, uh, especially things that I was like seeing when I was a teenager. Did you watch Bottle Rocket? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And I watched him in The Cable Guy and then I got to like quote his scene in The Cable Guy to him. He <laughs> was in The Cable Guy, wasn't he? You're yeah. right. He was so funny. And then I got to hear him say a couple of the lines because he was like, oh yeah, I did. So. He was like, have the eggs <laughs> had a ch- chance to hatch yet? And I was like, oh my God. Um, so that, that was really cool. And it was just like pure inspiration because I wanted to do the best job I could for him. Um, but it was, it was very fun. Interesting. And to also just be like, I feel like when you're a kid and you're a fan of somebody, it's just like, yeah, cause they make you laugh because you just can't not like them. But like looking back with a little bit of wisdom, I'm like, yeah, this guy is undeniable. No one is like him. He's so funny. At the time, no one was doing anything like he was doing. His deliveries, it was just so specific. It was just really cool to be like, yeah, no shit. He is, he became and is huge. Like, thank God the world works that way. <laughs> yeah. 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 And he, he's had a hell of a ride too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, last YouTube video you watched. Oh my gosh. So I just... <laughs> This is funny because I do not watch a lot of YouTube and sometimes I'm like, did I watch more YouTube? I don't and I don't know why, just because I feel like especially kids don't watch TV and just YouTube. So I'm like, yeah, geez, all right, there's got to be something on there. Um, And so this is embarrassing because, OK, every so often I would watch YouTube to watch that show Defunct Land, which is all like documentaries about like Disney and like. Mm-hmm. So I really wish like if you had asked me. Even two days ago, it would have been defunct land. And I would have You can felt- say that if you want. I promise you. This is- no, it nope. was like a full on, what I watched the other night was like a full on, like how to con, how to contour glam makeup, like just a very like makeup centric and, and also like a 
full face. Like I was just like, how do people do this shit? And I used to do makeup and I feel like now I get my makeup done a lot. So I'm like, I don't have any skills anymore. So I'm like, I need to watch. And uh, did you watch that Netflix show? The, the MUA, the like, it was like makeup. Oh my God. It's, it is one of the best. um, I think it's called glow up is, is what the show is called. Okay. It's one of the best, worst, best shows okay. ever. It's it's <laughs> like um, it's kind of like Pawn Stars to me, which is Ooh. like I think Pawn Stars watching it, it's not a good show, right? But the the idea is genius. Uh, the production company, I think they're incredible, and I think it's one of the greatest shows of all time. But like, it's not Citizen Kane, right? right. Like, it's not. Yeah. You're not going, and you're like, oh, great camera angle. Yes. Um, Glow Up is totally like that. It's basically a reality show of makeup artists, like young makeup artists that are trying to become, I don't know, real MUAs. And they like go through all these challenges of how to do stuff. And they have like people that are like TikTok influencers that are on there. Then they have people who used to work, you know, like on TV shows and they have like really young folks. And and it's, it's a really good show. And the judges are real good. Okay. There's a woman where like she she was like a massive makeup person, whatever. Like she did like Madonna's makeup or whatever. But like whenever she does a good job, she always goes like, "Ding dong." (laughs) It's okay. You just have to watch it. I feel like an idiot explaining it, but it's a good show. And if you like makeup stuff, definitely do that because my wife's super into all those. Okay. (laughs) Um. Last thing you bought online. Last thing I bought online. Um. I mean, I bought a bunch of cat food, but um, I bought clothes. (laughs) Okay, so you know what's crazy is I had a goal this month that I'm not buying any clothes, accessories, or jewelry or any or shoes. But on January first, I did get on Etsy and I bought um, a white belt, a vintage white belt with um, a gold buckle and like a wool, like a cream wool sweater. Very nice. Again, is this- Etsy your main place where you where you get all your gear? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I I mean I haven't heard a single store that you you've mentioned. It's all been Etsy. That's yeah. great. I think it's really awesome. Yeah, I'll see. Like I said, I'll see a look or I'll think of something I want to create, and then I can just get on Etsy and just home for hours until I find the right thing. That honestly, I think that's a really interesting way to shop because you're basically you're doing what you know, like what a magazine would say is like, hey, here's all the looks for the season, but you're finding those looks other places and then just not, you're just buying them like vintage. I mean, that's definitely yeah. way more sustainable. Yeah, Damn, I'm doing a, a good, good job. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, a movie or book that when someone mentions, you feel they understand you. You know what? I think, uh, I mean, I'm not saying this movie describes me, but it is perfect to me and it, is the movie The Lost Boys. Like, it encapsulates every... I feel like it encapsulates every single thing that I love and every feeling I love. And especially from the big... Like, the second the movie starts and you see the, like, Santa Cruz boardwalk and just the vibe that it gives you. And then the movie, like, genuinely never stops going. And it's the 80s, which I love. And it's vampires. Yeah, I was going to say, this is Kiefer Sutherland. Yeah, I want to yes. make sure it's not Hook that I'm looking up here. Yeah. No, yeah, no. <laughs> Kiefer Sutherland, also, the way that the vampires look, it's also got both the Corys in it. Diane Weist is just a fantastic actress. Um, and, but also on top of all that, it's like got the horror element and it's got really good like vampire kills and 
it, and also the music's fantastic. It's just like, it just like makes me feel so good. How often do you rewatch it? Uh, probably once or twice a year. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I all That's like intense. if it's on a plane, I'll watch it. Um, mm. I just, I just love the feeling it invokes in me. And it, and it's weird because there's certain things that are always like, oh, I love this scene and I love this scene. And they're usually the ones that I loved when I was a kid. But now I can also watch as an adult and be like, there's a scene on the boardwalk where the mom is like trying to get a job at this electronics store. And the way that the electronics store looks like with like early, well, not early TVs, but like 80s TVs and like 80s tech is like so fucking cool. And yeah, just a great vibe. Okay, this is like more of a serious question now. Like what, because I have the same issue too. I would prefer, I hated being in the 90s and 80s when I was little, right? Because I couldn't do certain things. But I would much rather be in that era now, in the age that I'm in now, where I can do things. Totally. I mean. Why is that? (laughs) I, I have this feeling a lot because, okay, so there's this town in New Jersey, Wildwood, New Jersey. Have you ever been there? Mm -hmm. Okay, so it's like, I went there this summer. It was like, to me, it was taking a step back in time because it's like a motel city, the boardwalk. I mean, it it gave me whiffs of like Lost Boys. It's kind of like Bricktown a little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And in my head, I was like, what would it have fucking... See, this is what I'm jealous of. If you're 18... Okay, so no, this is what I... This is my what I wish. I wish I was... um, No. Okay. (laughs) I wanted to say, I wish I was like in my teens in the 70s. And then I was like kind of in my like 20s and the 80s. And like, and then maybe even in the like early, my early, late 20s, early 30s, like 90s, like sunset strip, like Guns N' Roses time. Like, oh yeah, good time for sure. But, but also I could butts with that a little bit because also there's like this. So that's all to say, that's what I think happened in Wildwood, New Jersey. But also, <laughs> also speaking of New Jersey, there's that whole documentary, um, Action Park, which is all about that really unsafe water park in New Jersey. Yeah. But again, it's like kids in the late 80s and 90s at this like totally dysfunctional water park where they were like, basically my parents like during the summers would tell me to get out of the house from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. So I had to find something to do. So I would go to this like janky ass water park. I wouldn't even <laughs> tell them because they don't want it, me to be home either. And there was like barely lifeguards like there were no rules it just sounded fucking awesome and then you'd like party (laughs) at the park afterwards and i'm like yeah if you were like that age at the right time it's like i i guess for me i should have gone to more raves or something like that would have been like the time for me to like really feel those things but like raves weren't that appealing to me i would have just rather i mean i do wish i could have like gone to a disco club like i don't all they're just all these different markers and other time periods i wish it makes me wonder what if you are actually looking for permission for you to basically be like those people that you saw on the street who were dressing like they were stuck in an era and wanted to be in that era you can do that i know i can my problem is i'm like too all over the place with like i thought it was the 80s for me i really was like even a few years ago i was like it's definitely the 80s like i'm it's something about like the early eighties that I want to be in, but now I'm like feeling it more like in the seventies. And so I'm just, and then also like a lot of the shit I'm looking on at Etsy for is like old, like crew jackets from like early nineties movies or sweatshirts, like death becomes or King Ralph. I just bought like a dirty rotten scoundrels, like, um, 
crew jacket. Like, so I'm just a little too all over the place with, I have not figured it out. Like I want to live in the um, apartment in big, you know, it's just, it's too much. It's Soho. Just go down to Soho on Green Street. <laughs> and in Dumbo, in the clock tower building, I've seen it. I've looked out. Um, like, it's still unoccupied. No, no, no. It's occupied. Someone who oh, lives, is? someone who lives up there has a kid who jumps on a trampoline like in big. I've seen them trampolining. And I was like, what, like when you were on the train, because I don't know any other way to see that that spot from there. Unless from, when you're from going windows. Over. Yeah, you can see you can see there. Holy shit. I and wonder I'm, if he has an arcade machine in there, too. I know. And the Midwest brain in me is like the the first time I saw it, I was like, this is too good to be true. Also, knowing that's like a bajillion dollar place. But I was like, this is too be- good to be true. I bet he's just jumping on one of those little trampolines that like I know that my girlfriend has for like, you know, exercise. And then I'm like, no, the ceilings in that place are big. They can handle a big trampoline. <sighs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. This has been fascinating. I'm not going to lie. This is really, <laughs> that's so cool. Um, what is next for you this year? Obviously, the show comes back soon. Yeah, the um, show comes back soon. Um, I wrote a screenplay last year. I'm trying to sell that. I'm going to start writing another one this year. Holy shit. Okay, yeah. that's not nothing. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I try to like, Try not to be like so defined by like you have to do this or that or this, but I'm just inspired to. So um I just want to like, of course I want to make them and sell them and like that's my big hope. But I'm like, if I'm inspired, I just want to write too. So I want to start that. And um, and yeah, my big what's really next for me, my big goals for this year, I'll just I'll say it out loud because maybe it'll help me. Um, the Midwesterner in me. Okay, trying to okay. step, I'm trying to step into... You need into, to be accountable to yourself. Yes. You're guilting yourself. It's okay. Yes. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to feel more powerful and more feminine. So th- that, those are the main things I'm working on this year. Well, I will say this and encourage you. Um, every single person that I mentioned that I was going to talk with you lost their shit when oh they God. heard that you were going to come on the pod. They're like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, so, nice. so just keep that in mind in the sense that like you are, uh, I mean, you're, you're on TV every week to millions of people. Like that's kind of a big deal. Mm-hmm. So yeah, for sure, I, I think, I think hopefully you can kind of use that as maybe some of the <laughs> momentum. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> anyway, take that Heidi, compliment. yeah, this was an absolute pleasure. Thanks so much for chatting. It was great talking to you. Talk to you Thank soon. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening. Our show is produced by Blamo Media. We're edited by Amar Lal and our theme music, as always, by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. If you like what you heard, you know the drill. Share the pod with a friend. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Do the deals. Follow us on Instagram for all the hot content. And if you want to talk to us and give us your hot take, we'd love to hear from you. You can call us and leave us a message, and we'll put it in a future episode. Or email us at info at blamopod.com. If you want to hang with us and join the Blam fam, visit patreon.com forward slash Blamo, where we have tons of exclusive episodes in our amazing Slack community. Okay, that's it for me. See you next week.